Hi everyone! Welcome back to There's No Planet B. If you're new here, I'm Holly and this podcast covers specific environmental issues. Today, we'll be going in depth about the seriousness of our Arctic's ice melting. I'm also joined here by a special guest who flew all the way from Austria to join me, Ben Marzion. Tell them about yourself. Yes, it is a pleasure to be invited here. So my name is Ben Marzian, and I'm an Associate Professor of Meteorology and Geophysics at the University of Innsbruck in Austria. And recently I've been doing studies on this exact topic with my colleagues. Awesome, well that is perfect for today's topic. We are gonna go into detail about how climate change and global warming is causing the polar ice caps to melt, along with what will happen in the future if nothing has changed. Sounds great. All right, well, now that we've got that out of the way, I'm sure everyone has at least heard of the issue of saving the polar bears since they're considered the poster child of this issue. But let's dive deeper into the issue. The melting ice is not only affecting wildlife, it also impacts global temperatures, food, coastal communities, shipping, and permafrost. If you are unsure what permafrost is, it is permanently frozen ground, but we will talk about that more in detail later. The Arctic is the front line for climate change, meaning it is heating up twice as fast as the rest of the world, according to the year's Arctic report released by the National Atmospheric Administration. Because of this warming and the man-made act contributing to this warming, the Arctic is predicted to be without ice by the year 2040 if there is no change to emissions being released. Limiting the increase of global temperature is the best solution for this issue by keeping the rise to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius. And this is not something easy enough for our population to achieve, considering how many people are not educated about the importance of these ice caps. Antarctica and the Arctic are the world's refrigerator, and this is because the snow and ice reflect heat back into space, which balances out other parts of the world that absorb that heat. This ice also acts as a protective layer over the earth and oceans. Without all this ice and snow, it will result in less heat being reflected, causing more heat waves worldwide. This has been going on for years, but studies have showed this ice would have melted slowly no matter what. But if it wasn't for man-made factors, the melt would not be happening as fast as it is today. The ice is literally melting as we speak and causing real-world impacts that we need to be aware of. We'll be right back with you after these short commercials. Sorry for this quick interruption, but before we get back to the podcast, I have to tell you guys about an organization sponsoring us today, Polar Bears International, Made Giving Simple, and asks if you all could donate. This organization helps to protect polar bears and their habitat through human care, research, and education. You can find them in the link I posted down below. Polar Bears International, Inc., Uh, is doing amazing things right now and as someone who has been researching in depth on this issue I believe it would be very beneficial to donate. All right well now that we are all informed about this charity I'm hoping Ben and I can convince you to donate after hearing about the effects of this melting. The ice melting will result in more extreme winters because of the polar jet stream which is a high pressure wind that circles the arctic area It is destabilized because of the warmer air, meaning these cold winds will move south. Exactly. As we said before, the North and South Poles act as the world's refrigerators to the global system, helping to circulate ocean waters around the planet in a way that helps to maintain the land's climate as well. The jet stream is fueled by temperature differences. As temperatures rise, the jet stream begins to weaken. 
Normally the jet stream is relatively straight and strong and doesn't move too far north or south off its course. Studies show that the jet stream winds have already become more wavy rather than steady wind streams. This allows warm winds to extend farther into the Arctic and cold winds to extend further south. So what does this mean for the polar vortex then? Well, for those who don't know what the polar vortex is, it is the system which keeps cold air closer to the poles. And just like the jet streams, the polar vortex weakens as the temperatures rise. The polar vortex is being affected enough that it was the cause of the Texas freeze back in February, which resulted in millions without power and hundreds of deaths. So you're saying people are dying from this. If that hasn't convinced you to donate yet, I don't know what will. Along with the Texas freeze, when the jet stream ebbs, it causes weather patterns to stagnate over a period of time. That stagnation likely caused the flooding that occurred in 2017 in Houston, Texas, when the system from Hurricane Harvey remained over the region for days, leaving over 50 inches of rain and multiple heat waves. Uh, the loss of the ice caps causing these more extreme heat waves uh, is beginning to damage farmers' crops that we all depend on worldwide. The lack of good crops will result in higher prices for consumers and food shortages. Is this because of the increase in the global sea level? It is caused by more extreme and different weather patterns. And yes, the increase in the global sea level is a factor as well. As the sea levels rise, it will affect the food producing areas that have never seen flooding before. The global average sea level has risen seven to eight inches since 1900. And it's affecting coastal cities, small island nations, increasing coastal erosion and elevate storm surge. As warming air and ocean temperature creates more often in intense coastal storms, we will be seeing more hurricanes and typhoons in the future. If the glacial ice sheet in Greenland completely melts, it's predicted that global sea level will rise 20 feet. For example, coastal communities are eventually going to move inland because these structures were not built to withstand the sea level rising. And that's not an insignificant issue. And think about what the effect will be on wildlife. Due to the melting sea ice and polar bears losing their habitat, their population has become more segregated and fractured. Um, this has resulted in inbreeding, which is a risk to the survival of the species in the next generations. Polar bears are not the only animals being affected. Walruses, sea lions, arctic fox, snowy owls, and reindeer all rely on the ice and, are, and now are going to be expected to adapt to new conditions, although most probably won't be able to. And we've already seen a big change in animal populations that primarily depend on the ice as their habitat. Polar bear populations are decreasing. Most of these animals are even predicted to go extinct. From rising sea level, it has opened up new shipping transportation routes. They will be more convenient, but more dangerous because of the possibility of more shipwrecks and oil spills too big to clean. Opening lanes in the ocean for the global trade route that were previously blocked by glaciers means they will no longer send ships all the way down the Panama Canal. Instead, they will go directly through the Arctic. This will change commerce and have a big economic impact. The pristine and fragile ecosystem will be at risk due to these new shipping routes. Although they will be beneficial for the world's economy, it could lead to disaster for the regional environment. As more ships come in and out of the region, the chances of large-scale environmental degradation will increase. 
The warming ocean waters are affecting the marine food chain, and the increased marine traffic for fishing and shipping is beginning to affect marine life stress levels and behavior. Hold on for a second while we take a quick break. So now that we know the effects this has on our world and that we have no planet B, we need to view the stats and respond to the numbers with a solution. 10% of land area on Earth is covered in glaciers, and of that 10%, 90% is in Antarctica, and the remaining 10% is in, the, is in Greenland and Arctic ice caps. Even if we curb emissions, more than a third of the world's remaining glaciers will melt before the year 2100. 95% of the oldest and thickest sea ice in the Arctic is already gone. As a result of the rising air temperature, glaciers thin and retreat around the world. But the glaciers don't care whether or not the increase in temperature is due to natural or human causes. Over the last 150 years, most of the mass activity was due to natural climate variability, such as volcanic eruptions or changes in solar activity. However, during the last 20 years, almost 70% of the glacier mass changes were caused by human activity. I'm sure you're all aware of the human effect on our environment. Our dependency on fossil fuels like oil, natural gas, and coal, as well as the methane produced by uh, massive scale that we raise our animals for food are some of the large contributing factors, but another is the use of aerosols. If you didn't know, aerosols are particles suspended in the atmosphere that absorb and scatter the sun's radiation. But what I'm gathering from that is whether we stopped both natural causes and man-made factors affecting the glaciers today, they are going to continue to melt either way. Exactly. Without the human effect, the, the ocean levels would have raised by about 2.7 inches in this century. But as we've said before, it's already going to be raised by 7 to 8 inches by the year 2040. Overall, we want to promote preventing these glaciers from vanishing. All we can do right now is prepare communities for impacts that are happening in the present, but also look ahead and focus on reducing the heat trapping gases in our atmosphere and add to the increase of our planet's warming. As individuals, we can reach out to our local elected officials to see if your city has a disaster response plan and what it is. We must have a plan to protect humans, nature, animal species, and infrastructure. The most important thing each of us could try and do is make changes to our daily routine and lower our carbon footprint. That was a lot of information to consume in one podcast. I am so pleased you could join us today and give us some professional insight. Of course, you're welcome. I always love to share my findings. And remember, you're right. There is no planet B. We need to do what we can today to preserve planet A. All right, that's the end of today's episode. Please like, share, and subscribe for more of No Planet B episodes. Join me here again next Thursday at 1 p.m. to talk about the effects of genetically modified food.